0: Welcome to the UC Berkeley Data Science Education podcast. We're happy you're listening in today. In this space, you'll hear from a variety of distinguished data science educators and professionals. The individuals we'll speak with are diverse in experience and perspective, but share the common goal of shaping the future of data science education. Our idea is to have some informal conversations with the goal of creating community and let people hear from practitioners in this growing new field. My name is Eric Van Dusen from Data Science Undergraduate Studies in the Division of Computing, Data Science, and Society at UC Berkeley, and I'll be leading our conversation today.
1: And my name is Kalechi Nebedem, also from Data Science Undergraduate Studies. I'm working as an intern with the Division's External Pedagogy team, and I'll be helping out today, too.
0: Today on the podcast, we have Sammy Rauscher, who worked for the, with us on the external team. Sammy, you want to tell us where you're working now and what sort of things you're doing?
2: Yeah, so right now I work at Converse. I'm a digital product manager. And what that basically means is that anything on the website that makes it easier to buy shoes, I help build those features.
0: And is there uh, data science in that? Like, uh, where where do you apply the data science you learned uh, in your current role?
2: Yeah, so a lot of what I do uh, revolves around web analytics. And so, honestly, I don't think Berkeley, or at least the classes I took at Berkeley, didn't cover Adobe Analytics as much because I think it's more of an industry tool than something that's interesting to learn about. You know, like, I don't know, the spam and ham email filter. Mm-hmm. But essentially... There are a whole bunch of tags on the website, and so what m- part of my job is, is figuring out which tags are not firing in the right location. Maybe we need one tag, such as like um, when a user logs in, we like, like to know, do people log in because they like are logging in when they buy a shoe, right? You can um, create an account there. You can create an account at, like, the top banner of a website. You can create an account on the footer. So that, for instance, is something that we have a lot of interest in figuring out. Um, Anyway, so I basically track a lot of things and then figure out how we can better use those tags to our um, user experience on the site.
0: So uh, some of it's, like, making analytics and sort of, like, making... Maybe you do experiments on different parts of the website and like see how the results turn out.
2: Exactly. And then another part of my job actually, which I don't know why I forgot to mention this, but I actually use Jupyter Notebooks a lot. Well, um, like locally run ones because a separate part of my job is doing um, analytics on our SMS marketing campaigns. So basically figuring out, um, and this is actually, I think about Data 100 sometimes when I do this, because what I'll do is look at the wording of the campaign and figure out which words perform best in which seasons or um do emojis actually make us more money do campaigns that have emojis included do are they really kind of I don't think they're tacky I think they're cool and fun but depending on the situation you know maybe people aren't receptive to them so and that's something that they didn't really have before because um Mostly when you think about, I mean, Converse is obviously, like, a product company. We build shoes, so the tech analytics side of things is a lot more constrained, and the team is awesome. Like, everyone's so nice and very, uh, very well established on it, Um, but there just aren't enough people to, like, look into smaller niches, I guess, of how we can better, for instance, SMS and email campaigns. Um, So, yeah, I do some, a little bit of coding, I guess, with that,
0: too. Nice. That's a nice segue to our question, which is like, you know, what class or classes do you think are helpful in your current work?
2: I would definitely say Data 100 is what I use the most because, um, I mean, essentially everything I do is downloading CSVs, uploading them into Jupyter Notebook, and then just working with the data off there. So essentially like all pandas Um, and Seaborn. I'm trying to think. Honestly, obviously, 61A, great class, super sick, but I don't think I actually really use much of that stuff um, because I'm not, you know, defining classes or doing anything that's really crazy software. Exactly. Yeah, I would definitely say Data 100 and probably Data 8 too, honestly, because I mean, obviously I'm not using like the data science package, but I would say that kind of thinking is a lot more what I'm doing with, especially with SMS marketing stuff.
1: Well, what kind of industry skills do you wish, then, that you would learn through your classwork here at Berkeley?
2: Okay, I know that there's a... I think there's a... Why am I forgetting what it's called? A student-run course. Decal? Decal, yes. On Tableau, I wish I took that, because I think Tableau is... I don't know if they have an official course for it, um, but I really wish... I mean, Converse uses a lot of Tableau stuff, and we have basically... There's one website that's, um basically hosts a bajillion Tableau dashboards, and I know how to go into the website and click around on that, but I don't actually know how to build the dashboards, and that's something I'm trying to learn how to do. So, And I know online there's obviously a lot of um, knowledge available for how to learn more about Tableau, but I think it'd be cool if I had background information and was just like, hey, slick with it, you know? I actually know all this stuff. But, um, and then... Yeah, I mean, I think that would probably be the only other, well, the only other thing that I really also be interested in, and I'm also very sure there must be some decal about this, but I really think that user um, or digital strategy behind like the composure of a website is really interesting. And I think it'd be really interesting to have classes about actually building websites and what's aesthetically pleasing and how to use more, like, front-end, I guess, coding softwares. I wish I took a class. I'm sure there's stuff online about that, or, you know, with Berkeley's courses already. But I think that'd be pretty sick to, once again, just come into this job already having that, like, front-end knowledge,
1: which I don't personally have. I guess to end this interview, then, um, I just wanted to know if you had any advice for data science students that you'd like to wrap up with.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess my one piece of advice would be Like, don't be scared of thinking outside the box in terms of your career in the future. I majored in math, and now I'm working for Converse, which is not at all, like, where I thought my life would be, but it's where I wanted it to be. And I think everyone is really, you know, heavy on the consulting or Google, Amazon track, which is awesome and a super valid way to move forward. But I also think, like, you know, don't be scared to... Go to a retail company. I love discounts. I was gonna I was only doing fashion and beauty and I'm happy I ended up at Converse. So
0: Okay, that's awesome. Thank you.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Sammy.
2: Totally.
0: Today we have with us Elda Pere. Could you tell us where you're working now and what sort of things you're doing?
3: Absolutely. Um, Right now, I'm working at a civic intelligence startup called Curate, which was bought a few months ago by a larger um, entity called FiscalNote, And I am leading their machine learning and data science initiatives as their senior data scientist right now.
0: Awesome. Um, Well, for the illustration of students and educators out there, what data science do you do in your current job? And how are you applying what you learned as a data science major at your job?
3: Yeah, so it being a startup, I kind of dipped my toes in a lot of different aspects of data science, but mostly I focus on NLP and um, a lot of text-related projects. And that's mainly because of the type of startup it is. Um, To give some context, what we do is we scrape all um, local government documents from um, town meetings, city hall meetings, things like that and process those in a database and a platform for clients that are interested in um, these local or municipality-related policies. And because of that, all of this text data goes through me, so I have to process that and um, create different types of models that are related to that text data. Um, so that's kind of what I do, and I still have my notes from a lot of classes, and I, I go through them almost on a bi-weekly basis, so I get some ideas and some, some reminders there. Um, so a lot of different classes helped me, um, mainly I'd say the NLP class just because that's, that's what I'm applying, but also the more general classes like DS100 are, is a class that I still go through the notes from. Um, definitely a lot of the, the software engineering related classes, CS61B, um, those were very helpful.
0: Super interesting. Uh, could you like maybe comment on, is it more interesting to be part of like a smaller startup company or than rather one of those bigger companies or how are you feeling about that trade off?
3: Personally, I really like coming to a startup and getting kind of uncomfortable. and I, I like the stress. I like the responsibility. I like, I like it all. Um, maybe not super healthy, but uh, I definitely think I'm learning a lot more on a daily basis than I was at at, a lot larger at uh, larger companies so yeah def- I definitely recommend the experience at least for a few years of your life to any student that's graduating because um, it's always great to have Google and Meta and all these large companies on your resume on your resume but um, the learning and the the kind of getting outside your comfort zone is not as intense as it is at a startup
0: and uh, let me just ask, you know, do you feel like you've like leaned into the NLP side because that's something that you were interested in or that there's just like a lot of demand for out there?
3: A little bit of both. I mean, recently we've heard the boom with ChatGPT and Google's Bard and all these new um, NLP-related models going on. But I, was, I think I was always interested in, in, in the field. Um, I grew up having to learn a lot of different languages and learned to love doing that. And so um, being able to apply data science with language is something that I always saw as part of my future. Um, But also the reason why I kind of got into data science is because of its versatility and how it can be used in so many different fields. So right now it might be NLP, but you know, there's, um, I can see myself using it in in many different ways. Yeah, that's
1: really interesting to hear. That's actually why I got into data science as well. I love that you could just dip your toes into so many fields and just try out different things when, New inventions or new technology comes out. Um, I know you're a transfer student. So, would you mind telling us a bit more about what that was like and how it was to enter data science from that pathway?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I felt really lucky coming in as a transfer student because um, Berkeley was this huge place and I was able to still get the experience of having come from a community college and come from a smaller um, kind of well community. And also the scholarships and the awards that, that came with that and that I was able to transfer over was a big help um, compared to what I was able to find at Berkeley. So I felt lucky in that respect, but also um, I didn't feel any disadvantage in terms of um, ac- academia because I know transfer students usually can get some kind of stigma. There's a smaller community of us. And so... I was intimidated going in thinking that I had missed a lot, but luckily that wasn't the case. Um, the data science program was, was so um, kind of rigorous would be the right word that I, um, it worked out for me. And yeah, it, it was a great experience, honestly.
1: That was great to hear. And finally, just wanted to ask you if you had any current advice for data science students that you'd like to wrap up with.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think the, um, well, my advice differs based on the, the different roles that I've um, worked at since I graduated and um, based on what a student might want to do. Uh, based on my current role at a startup, my advice would be to focus on the software engineering portion of data science as much as possible um, because um, having, right now, since I, I'm dipping my toes in so many fields, I feel that these software engineering skills are becoming more and more important. And maybe that's something that I didn't focus on at Berkeley as much as I should have. Um, so big advice there for students. If you do want to go in a startup environment and get uncomfortable and, and um, become responsible for a lot of different pro- products and projects, then software engineering skills are um, super important. And as for other roles, so before this role, I, I, I worked at a consulting company, and so um, I was in a lot of different data-related roles at a lot larger companies, so Google, Meta, and and those roles, I, my job was very different from what it is now, where I had a very specific role, and in that case scenario, um, that's where I um, I had to use a lot of people skills, a lot of um, presenting, a lot of dashboarding, analytics. And that, my advice for somebody that would like to go into those kind of fields and these larger companies is to um, try and advance their their social skills and their presenting skills in in parallel to their data science skills, because they become just as important.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you.
3: Yes. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Thank you guys.
0: Hey, everybody. Today, we have Carlos Ortiz. Uh, Carlos, you want to tell us about where you're working now and what kind of things you're doing?
4: Yeah, of course. So, hi, everyone. I'm Carlos. Um, I'm currently working at Snapchat as a data scientist in the platform integrity team. Uh, In simple terms, I focus a lot on building new products and providing insights to the organization to keep Snapchatters on the platform safe. Uh, A lot of this passion and work in this field stems from my experiences back in Berkeley, um, where I was part of the human context and ethics team for two years. So although it's not a direct translation of HCE, um, a lot of the learnings from that are really helpful in my current role.
0: Awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, and without being too specific, can you tell us like what sort of data science things you do in your current job or or what's some stuff you learned in the, the data science major
4: that you use? Yeah, of course, I can get a little bit more insights what I do now as a data scientist. So my role is very full stack. And what I mean by that is that I go from the beginning of the origins of the data all the way to insights that are supporting the organization. Right. so. Um, for example, one thing that I didn't learn at Berkeley that I do a lot now is data engineering. It's definitely the first step, right? Like, how do you actually get the data to work with? Um, that's that's definitely where I start. So a lot of what that is, is designing the data pipeline. So understanding, like, you know, what metrics we need to collect, um, what questions we need to ask, and how that translates over to questions. Um, so that's the beginning. And then setting up the data flow so that it's constantly running, so that we constantly have um, new and updated data. The next part of my role is, you know the data scientist part, which is where I design the questions, design experiments, and under- and try to support the organization and what questions we need to ask and why we have we need why we need those questions. And then finally, um the analysis portion, which is at the very end. So one of the huge, And most important parts of my job is translating raw data over to insights. And I think it's probably the hardest part of the role. It's one that I overlooked um, before I started my role because, you know, you're excited learning in school. You're excited to learn all these cool machine learning, AI things, big data, you know. But then how do you translate that to simple terms for your stakeholders um, to make use of? So the role is very technical, but it's also non-technical in that you need to know how to translate things. So hope that provides a little bit more insight about that. Yeah.
0: So are there any classes that you seem like really helpful, the stuff that you learned in
4: those classes in in your current role? Yeah. So um, my favorite class of all time, Data 8, you know, Foundations of Data Science. As fundamental as that class is, I didn't realize how important it is in industry. I still find myself teaching that class here at my job. Um, Because a lot of the stakeholders that I work with are um, like, let's say, trust and safety specialists, right? So they might not have the technical background that I have. And so Data 8 concepts really helped me in being able to boil down the bigger concepts from like those upper division classes over to Data 8, right? Which is intended for people who are learning coding and statistics for the first time. So, uh, for example, one of my first projects... I really had to boil down on the ideas of hypothesis testing, also um, different concepts of statistics that you learn in Data 8, and being able to explain that so clearly as I have been as a TA for two years back in Berkeley, it was really transforming in my role, and my stakeholders were really happy with how I explained concepts, you know, it made sense for everyone, and so yeah, without a doubt, Data 8 is one of those classes that you have to get down Um, But another class that I want to give a special shout out to is data 102. So this class, I remember I was a little hesitant about taking um, back in my senior year. I wasn't sure what was going to come from it. And, you know, a lot of that uncertainty stems from never having any experience in industry. I've never had an internship. I've never had a full time job here in industry, clearly. So I wasn't sure what I was going to get from it, but, you know, With experiments come the idea of multiple hypothesis testing, making sure your questions and your data are robust and so on. Um, A lot of the metrics that you learn about in Data 102 also were really helpful for my role. Um, So yeah, overall, it stems from the very beginning of Data 8 all the way to the very end of Data 102. Those are the two classes that have helped me the most here in my role.
1: That's super cool to hear. As someone who saw you teach Data 8, Your stakeholders
0: are lucky to have you explaining that to them. You're a great teacher. Um,
4: Yeah, so let's start a little bit from the beginning, right? So let's say you're starting off as a data science major. One of the first classes you're likely to take are Data 8, obviously, but also CS61A. And I remember in CS61A, we learned a little bit of SQL. And then again, in Data 100, we learned a little bit of SQL. And then if you take, I believe, one of those, I forgot which class it was, but it was like database um, class in the CS major or in the CS department. Like, I didn't realize how important SQL was in my job. Um, All of my interviews or pretty much all of my technical interviews required SQL, more SQL than Python. And I was a little nervous about that because I was like, you know, like, we learned python in school and you could do all these cool things with python like you can't really do a lot of these things with sql so like why do i care about sql right but no there's so much power in sql now sql um is probably my best friend i use it all the time i don't hate it anymore now i love it um and the reason being is that you can write these massive queries which you know you need to do in a technical role right i feel like sql has taught me how to work with messy data I think that's probably the biggest takeaway about my role so far is that data is so messy and your job is to be able to create insights from that messy data. And, you know, reflecting back at school, like you're provided these data sets. Oh, you're asked to search up a data set for a project. Literally everything you find out there in the internet is so clean. Like, although it might not appear clean and it's not fully cleaned out or whatever for whatever insights you're looking for, it's way better <laughs> compared to what you're going to end up working with in a technical role once you're actually in industry. So yeah, SQL is one thing that I wish I developed. It, it, it is offered at Berkeley um, through, like, you know, small portions of classes, but practice makes perfect. I was really bad at it when I first started my role and now I'm really good at it. Um, so that's one thing. And then the second thing I did want to call out was the data engineering So when I graduated, I heard that there was going to be a new data engineering course. Unfortunately, I didn't take that class. But again, right, that's where my role starts. So when a new product is being designed or launched, you have to start from the beginning. You know, data doesn't appear out of thin air. (laughs) So you have to really set up the back end um, to then work on the um, ad hoc analyses or create dashboards for stakeholders and so on. So. Yeah, SQL and data engineering, the two major things I wish I learned more at Berkeley.
1: Great to hear. Yeah, I wish we did a bit more SQL, but I took the data engineering class and that was like a really great introduction to SQL. But to end this interview, I'd love to know if you had any more or any advice for current. Career-
4: yeah. I think my advice ties back to one of the first things that I mentioned, you know, like I have the most love for Data 8 because of the fundamentals that it offers and the mission of the class to teach, you know, it's not even like basic, like it's actually pretty hard concepts of coding and statistics, but you know, to to people who have never coded before or haven't taken statistics classes before. So those fundamentals are so important to communicate um, with stakeholders, the organization and so on, because you could, you could be doing the coolest technical work, you know, you could be doing like, Oh, like I'm doing this machine learning I'm doing, like working with neural networks and stuff like that. But if you can't communicate that with your stakeholders, there's no point in it right like they're just me like so what does it mean and you know it's, it's not effective. Um, So. If there's one thing that I will say is learn how to be a translator and learn how to teach. <laughs> even it's a even if it's a basic topic such as data eight your role as a data scientist is to communicate that. Nice, thank you.
1: Thank you so much for coming on, Carlos. It was great talking to you. Of
4: course, it was nice to um, talk with you both and you know relive my experiences from Berkeley. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you're interested in learning more about data science education resources, please subscribe to our Substack to get notified when we release any future podcasts and join our community Slack channel through the link provided in this episode's description. Thank you.